And um, hey, see you. let me give a, a little introduction to my friend Stephen. Um, and it's been a pleasure. I've had a chance to meet him and work with him and collaborate on a couple of projects. He was the winner of um, multiple Golden Globe Music Awards in 2022. I, mean, I was part of that, 2022 and 2023, the Hollywood Music Media Award for Best Epic Orchestral and Best New Age Album Award, uh, New Age Art uh, Awards. And, oh, my gosh, you've gotten so much uh, recognition for your 1,330 works, unless you've written something else today, which I would not be surprised by. <laughs> it's actually 54. Is it up to 54? you gotta, yeah. you got to update your bio, my friend. Um, so many concerts pieces, so many symphonies, so much inspiration. And um, I am very excited that you're going to be going to Lichtenstein's. Am I pronouncing that? Is it Lichtenstein or Lichtenstein? Lichtenstein? I'm going to Luxembourg. Oh, you're going to Luxembourg. Oh, my gosh, that's different. Right. And that's coming up in February, I believe. Yep, February 20th to March 3rd. Which is amazing. Um, There's so much you've been doing. I just, my head spins when I think about it. But I I wanted to talk to you and grab you from what you're Mm. doing to take a break and talk about um, the great honor of you getting the third Pulitzer Prize. Nomination. No, 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 a no. nomination. Third, yeah, I said nomination. I think, but I just said it. Oh, yeah, okay. Backwards, like a like a person who's dyslexic, dyslexic would. But anyway, this is the third one. You were also um, nominated for the Pulitzer Prize for Symphony Three, Light Fall, and also before you had one um, for that amazing work you did, uh, Kakehashi, that we might live, and um, this latest work is super important that. A lot of people didn't even know about this until you started promoting it and doing this piece, and it has a, a deep impact on what's going on right now because it has to do with Ukraine, and there is a yeah. center near you that is the Ukrainian Orthodox Christian uh, Church outside. Um, it's, it's one of the centers there near you, and it's also... Um, has got a, a, a memorial to uh, His Holiness Patriarch, and I can't pronounce Mstislav one, the first patriarch of the reborn church in Ukraine. So this is um, a deep, deep subject that was a powerful work. So I just may say congratulations on that nomination. Thank you. Explain what happened and what inspired you to do. Is it Holodomor? Yeah. Yeah, it's called Holodomor. It is, the, it is the genocide that happened under Stalin in 1933, and seven, between 7 and 10 million Ukrainians were starved to death because Stalin, you know, cut, the, cut off Ukraine. So this whole thing with the Russians now going into Ukraine again, it's sort of like a mirror of things that have happened to the Ukrainian people before. So let, let me just backtrack, though, because there's, I mean, the whole story is actually really interesting. And it's really sort of too bad that the Pulitzer people didn't know the full story, because hours before there was news of the Russians invading Ukraine, I was writing a piece. And it was, a, it was about the sadness of war. And what happened was uh, I had read this poem by, interestingly enough, Taras Shevenko, 
and who's Ukrainian. And I had read another poem, and I put the two poems together in my mind to create this anti-war piece, Mm -hmm. okay? And it was called A Requiem of Two Poems. Maybe an hour, I'm, I'm, I'm serious, it had to be an hour, maybe two hours tops. After I had completed that piece, the news came that the Russians invaded Ukraine. I couldn't believe it. So, you know, I sent this recording to Catherine Geach, who's the violinist that you know as well. Mm -hmm. She's in Rome. And I I said, you know, Catherine, maybe you can play this. Well, actually, I just sent her my recording of it, and then she offered to play it. And she did, and she sent it back, and I put it together. We sent it out literally hours after the invasion, and it was spread all over the place. It went to the church in Lvelve, this recording, Mm -hmm. and it went to... um, the St. Andrew's Church, which is in New Jersey, that's the uh, hub of the Ukrainian churches in the United States. And before anybody knew it, within days, you had Ukrainian soldiers actually listening to that piece and praying before going into battle as they listened to the piece. Well, then, you know, one thing led to another. That piece led to learning more about the Holodomor historically, and then creating another piece. And this had to do with uh, a mother's lament about losing her children, the war, a Ukrainian, specifically Ukrainian mothers. Then, after learning about the Holodomor, I wrote that piece. So it's actually the third piece in this trilogy of pieces that are inspired by the suffering of war. So um, the Holodomor is a very dark and brooding piece, because think about the subject matter. It's about genocide, and in fact, overlooked genocide. Yes, yes. Because the world doesn't recognize no. what happened in the 1930s that way. So there's a an entity called Forza Ukraina, right, which is an Italian-based entity that seeks to have the world recognize the Holodomor as a genocide. So, again, Catherine and I, we went out and we did all this research, just like on That We Might Live, uh, on a smaller scale, though. And we found all of these actual photographs from the 1930s, from the Holodomor, and we put them um, in a video, and we put the music of the Holodomor to it. And she actually played it live in the church in um, uh, Santa Sofia, the Ukrainian church that's in Rome. So now that's the piece that was nominated. <laughs> it was nominated for the prize. And, and I just a side note on this: it's such a powerful, impactful piece. Um, strangely enough, when YouTube um, was going to put it up, they they. They made a note that it's got uh, images that may not be suitable uh, for people to watch because it's it's pictures of the war, you know, um, and it's kind of flagged, you know, when you see it, which, of course, can mean that not as many people will watch it, which is kind of heartbreaking because, truthfully, a lot of people don't want to know the sad things that happen in life. A lot of people don't want to see 
the horrors of war, and there's a lot of it, you know, and it, it, it is so sad that we're so overwhelmed still with having to yeah. deal with war and now more war that people um, just can't kind of, t- they can't digest it all. So it, it gets to the point where you go, wow, what do you do, you know? And then at the same time, we see if we're not aware of what happened. Was what, what was it? If we don't remember our history, we're bound to repeat it. Who, what's that quote? You probably know it. Well, yeah, those those who don't remember history are, you know, destined to repeat it. I, I actually have a very deeper thinking about that. I don't believe that history repeats itself. I believe that time itself repeats. Mm-hmm. I believe that we are in a kind of a cosmic loop that has been going on since the Big Bang. Mm-hmm that there's a confrontation between good and evil that happens in every single generation. And, and the only reason I, can't, you know, I, I live that theory is because of all the people that I've known. You know, I, knew, I intimately knew the POWs from World War II mm-hmm. and other people from World War II. I intimately yes. know people who fought in Korea, the Battle of Chosin. I know people who fought in Vietnam. I know people who fought in Desert Storm. And it goes on and on. And, you know, in fact, in my, in my novel, William H. Carney, who is an actual real-to-life person who was the first recipient of the Medal of Honor, of the first black recipient of the Medal of Honor. He was in the 54th Regiment in the Civil War. He, you know, that character, I have him tell the other lead character, whose name is Isaac, I've noticed that every 50 years or so, there's another war. Mm-hmm. And it goes on and on and on. And if, if, you know, if your listeners do the math and start now and go back in time mm-hmm. to the American Revolution, I mean, just thinking about USA, not even thinking about anything else, and you start now and go back, you, you'll see how eerie it is that all of these numbers, you know, they, they keep lining up in a cycle of perpetual here here we go again when are we going to learn mm-hmm. no you you are very true and, and as long as you introduce that i probably should mention i know how um massive amount of work you put into that amazing series um ahab and it turned into like there was the two books um that you completely redid and there's the audio book and you also republished all of that as well as a a book you did when you were I think 17 or 18 years old and Mm -hmm. it it was amazing amount of work and and I've done audiobooks and I kind of know how the basic formats go with that but this one is over the top because you actually had music that you'd written and wrote new music that is symphonic music to go with this Mm -hmm. audiobook and maybe right. you can tell us a little bit about that, that uh, the works that are now available in all formats. Yeah, I, I, I have to start by telling you that I'm holding in my hand the, what's it called? The Beekeeper's Immune Support Spray that you had sent me. And, you know, I want the, the listeners to, to understand that. You know, once I started doing this, I, I, I have these two novels. One is the prequel to Herman Melville's Moby Dick. It is about Ahab as a boy. Who was he? Did he love people? Who, who was he? What turned him into Captain Ahab? There's that part of the story. And, and these are love stories, by the way. And then there's the sequel to Moby Dick called Death to Moby Dick, a love story. 
again, these are love stories, but they happen in unbelievably tragic events all around real history. A lot of it is war because because war is part of history, sadly, and you know. So I started to do this thing, and you know, here I am in my room above the garage. I have to turn the heat the the air conditioning off. This is when I started; it was hot. I had to turn the air conditioning off, do you know, make the recordings, and then when it got cold, I had to turn the heat off and make the recordings. And it, anybody who's in you know the arts in any way and listening to this, you, you'll appreciate this. Yeah. It took me 196 days, and I'm talking about 15 to 21 hour days. Wow, that's how long it took. So when I when I read all of this these stories in there then of course the composer in me got triggered <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it was like you know wait a minute wait a minute you know this really needs underscore and 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 so i wrote wound up writing three and a half hours of music excuse me three hours and 12 minutes of music that accompany all of this storytelling so that's on the audible at amazon.com but then i made my own excerpts album because yeah. it was so to me it was so interesting the music that that was born of this, you know, that, that, that came out of these emotions as these people. I mean, there's scenes in there that are so cool. I mean, you know, a mother, a, a, a real, like, a person dedicating her life to her son to the degree where she even lets herself die in a, in a horrid way to save her son's life. And it's all, it's all of these stories about love and, and women, really, you know, I had somebody point that out to me because um, three of the uh, the people that did reviews on the book were all women. And they were like, the way that you, you know, pay homage to win- women is fantastic. And I said, I, I, it wasn't intentional. I didn't I didn't sit out, you know, set out to write, oh, here's a tribute to women. I didn't do that. But, you know, I'm inspired by my mother, my own mother, um, a, a lady by the name of Dame Mary. Sigilo Baracco, who was a POW of the Nazis during World War II. I was, I'm inspired by all these women. They're real stories, and they became these incredible love stories. And like I say, they're, they're timeless, classic kind of love stories, but they happen inside of such tragedy. They, they happen inside of the confrontation of humanity with evil. Yes. I mean, you can't get a more direct enemy than that. Well, I, if you know people are listening in cars, so I want them to be able to get to your website, uh, in case they're sitting there going, "How do I, how do I find out about this?" Of course, it's streaming on all sites under Stephen, S T E P H E N Melillo. You can uh, find him on all streaming sites, including the audiobook book streaming sites, and um, so you will find that there. But what's the best website as well? You know, my website is Stormworld. S-T-O-R-M-W-O-R-L-D, stormworld.com. There's a separate page that I created called Mel's, M-E-L-S, you know, like me, Melillo, mm-hmm. and Melville, right? So I got, you can go to stormworld.com slash Mel's, and there I have this thing called the Four Books of Mel, which is the books that I wrote when I, about me when I was 17. Um, I wrote it when I was 19 years old. That, that book is called Only for Now. Then there's a children's book called No Garden Dragon, which is sort of like Peter and the Wolf. Mm. It's a completely narrated story set to music. And then there's the Ahab and Death to Moby Dick stories, which to me, oh my gosh, I, I, I would, 
I would give anything for people to understand that it isn't about marketing. It isn't about that. I just wish that people would read these books because they are profound stories about love and, and, and the, the triumph of love and the triumph of good over everything. Well, and the truth is that you when you get into a project, I mean, I think all people who are really, um, I don't know, geniuses really get into a different time zone when they start doing a huge project. And it's almost like time disappears. But when you go, you know, like 20 hours, my gosh, that's a little, um, <laughs> that's still a little much even for obsessions. But, but you did, you put in that kind of energy into it. Um, and it was pretty amazing that all of that could get done. And, and for people who aren't aware of your work, you are um, really a perfectionist as far as detail to history. You are a history aficionado. And so if you're reading these books, you will be transported back to that time and really get a true idea of what was really going on at that time. Yes, and I think that people will actually learn things that they didn't really know about that were going on at that time. And, you know, I, had a, I have a friend who, went, after he read the book, and listen to the audio. He said to me, this is, this is the weirdest experience that I've ever had. Because, first of all, you, you have to come up with a new name. This is not an audio book. I don't know what it is, he said, yeah. but it's not an audio book. It's something else, you know. And, you know, I said, well, to me, it's like a 1940s radio show. I mean, you have the guy, you know, telling the story. as me, and I'm doing all the characters, by the way. I wound up doing 33 different characters. <laughs> To do, to do this because, I could, and by the way, 33, as you keep, I think yes. I'm just pulling that number out, yeah. there were actually 33 sea, sailors on the Seneca, which was an actual ship that went to the Wainwright Inlet in the 1800s and took out Moby Dick. When, when you read this story, you're going to be like, wait a minute, is this, uh, is this fiction? It, but but 95% of it isn't fiction. It's all, it, this is stuff that really, really happened. I mean, right down to the manifests of what's on the ships, the astrological signs in the skies, the appearance of comets and shooting stars and when they happened, all superimposed over uh, um, the, the story of, first of all, profound evil taking its toll on truly innocent good people. That's number one. And then the triumph of good people over the forces of evil. Well, you really had to um, battle um, the whale uh, in doing this because you get <laughs> so into it. You know, you, you actually, when you're playing the role, I have to say I would add on to what you people think. I think of it as actually a soundtrack to a movie because you have mm -hmm. a very cinematic approach to a lot of your yeah. music and have done different soundtracks to movies. So when I listen to it, I think of it as listening to a movie soundtrack. Cool. But the, very cool. The, the, but the Moby Dick is, 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 a, is a very deep, deep and, and strange and curious subject, you know, that is representing what to you? You see, for me... And I, and I don't use the, the I don't use the name Moby Dick too often. I, I refer to it as the White Whale. Yeah. In, in the novel a lot, and for me, the White Whale is a it is a manifestation of evil. 
it, you have to read the, the novel to know what I'm talking about, but it's like, um, it's actually explained in the book. It's, it's like, it, it's a gift. Um, they're having this discussion and they're saying, do you realize what God or the universe or the force or whatever you want to refer to it as, do you realize what they have done for us? And Carney is like, what? What are you talking about? A gift? And Isaac is like, they have, they have congealed evil into a target. Mm. We, can, we can take this target out and create peace. And it's really cool. I mean, wow. the book is like, okay, racism? No, it's anti-racism. Mm-hmm. It's anti-war. It's mm-hmm. anti-everything. Um, the guy, our main character, Isaac, he fought in the Civil War. That's how he meets Carney. And just and, and it's real. It's all real. I, I mean, I'm gonna I can't even really get the words out because it just breaks my heart. I, in, in the book I actually put real pages from a book that lists all of the soldiers from Massachusetts who died at uh uh well, my mind's is right, Andersonville. That that, that were died in the prison camp at Andersonville. And, of course, all of this is connected to all the other POW stories. So the POW stories go back to A.B.'s father. A.B. is is, uh, Ahab, by the way. They go back to A.B.'s father. He was prisoner of war. A.B., or Ahab, was a prisoner of war. The son of Ahab is a prisoner of war. Hmm. And all the prisoner of war stories are real. Wow. These are things that I heard from people who were in the water after the the USS Indianapolis was shot down, you know, shot from underneath them. These are stories I heard from people who were prisoners of the Nazis. These are stories I heard from people who were prisoners of the Japanese. So when you when you hear these words, you're hearing real stories conveyed to you indirectly from these incredible people who sacrificed so much. And you know, there's a line, you mentioned Kakahashi, that we might live. And there's a line that I have in the chorus that says, we beat the hell that heaven sent us to beat. Well, for people who aren't aware of this, this was, um, you, were, you went into deep, 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 deep work doing the death march, the Bataan death march. And you actually interviewed some of the survivors. You did uh, an amazing piece of music and detailed and did a, a video that, that did it. And, and you were able to show it to those people in a live concert yes. a couple of times, right? Yes, it was a gift to them. Uh, so that so I made this thing, and it, all, it was all a race against time, right? Because these guys are leaving us. They're, they're passing away. And it wasn't interviews. Cindy, it was me becoming their grandson, mm-hmm. and it was, and it was going and cutting their lawns, and it was me making pumpkin pies for them and delivering them, and and it, it's that kind of thing. And I I adopted them, and they adopted me, mm-hmm. and we were really really close. And I'm talking to you from a room right now, where everywhere I look in this room, there's either a picture of them or there's some artifact from them, and all of this is it's like being in the middle of a museum and. And, you know, God called on me and said, you need to do this. 
to honor those men. And I was like, well, wh- why me? I'm nobody. Why, why don't you, you know, tap on John Williams' shoulder or some, somebody like that? Somebody's got connections and stuff like that. And you know what? The guys said this. <laughs> you'll appreciate this. I said to the guys, I said, I really wish that I was somebody famous for you, for you guys. I wish I was because that way, you know, you, your story would get out there and, and this and that. And, and I said, I just don't get it. I don't know. I don't know why God picked me and know what they said. They said, that's because you're one of us. Well, you do have in your family going back, uh, there is a lot of connection to that, that I'm sure in your DNA is that responsibility since you come from people who have also uh, gone through terrors of war and been victims of war. And I think that is something brought through to you. Um, But you take it to the next step because you're able to not only hear the story, but you're able to bring it to life with music. And the power of music in this is so strong. And you are able to get videos that a lot of people had never seen released before to put in the video that you did, which I believe is on YouTube, isn't it? Well, the whole thing is on Well, the, the thing that we just did at the uh, Navy base in April, that, that's on, the whole counter is on YouTube, but the rest of it isn't. In, a, in fact, I'm having a friend come here after I come back from Luxembourg, and we're going to resurrect the DVD that I made. It's still not finished because oh. I want to resurrect it and get the quality up, and I want to use AI to you know, get the images from the past and get them up into much higher quality so that this DVD becomes a real lasting monument to, to who these guys are. When, we, when I did the premiere of this, it was in uh, Kentucky, and it was at the American Defenders of Botanic Corregidor Gathering. And I, I, I just got in front of the guys and said, look, I know there's all these books, and I, I know there's all these stories and documentaries. And I go, I, I go I'm just, you know, I, I'm really nobody, but I, I want this to be the sword Excalibur that you pass down. And you say to your children and your children's children, this is what I lived through. Mm -hmm. This is what I suffered through. And I played the the piece. It was projected. It was on DVD by that time. And um, it's about an hour and 30 minutes. And these guys at the end of that thing, Cindy, oh, my God, they stood from their wheelchairs they stood from their wheelchairs with tears in their eyes to give it a standing ovation. The next thing I knew, a guy was coming up to me. He was actually the son of a death march survivor. And he said, can I have 17 copies of that DVD? And I was like, and I was giving them away. I gave, I gave like 350 of these things away to the guys and to their family members. And this guy came up to me, I need 17 copies. And I said, what do you need 17 copies for? He took the 17 copies and he sent them to the Congress. He sent them to 17 different congressmen and congresswomen. Well, that resulted in those guys getting bronze stars and purple hearts 60 years after the fact. Wow. So, you know, I can, I can look at that and go, yeah, I'm glad God picked me to do that because 
look what that look what that music did. It 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 wasn't about awards for itself. Mm-hmm. It was about recognition for the people that deserved it. Mm-hmm. Because I always said, you know, oh yeah, this is cool. Oh Steve, you wrote this. Okay, big deal. Because what I'm writing is in ink. But what they did, they wrote in blood. And I always tell people, do you understand the significance of that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, I understand. And at the same time, with all of these works you've done uh, about war, you know, my hardest part to, to stomach and digest is that every time you go through that, knowing that there's another war you see about, you hear about, another opportunity um, for people to kind of go, hey, there's got to be another way. But as you say, it's part of this strange process we go through in the world. Um, And of Mm -hmm. course, we're still, in spite of all that, we still pray for peace. I do every day, as I'm sure you do. Uh, Mm -hmm. We we only have three minutes um, left, but I did want to let people know um, you are going to um, do this amazing concert and um, it's going to be very interesting. That one was also a beautiful piece. This is a band piece. And how did this next journey come up? Are you talking about uh, Chapter 89 in Luxembourg? Yes, the Luxembourg one. Okay. So Chapter 89 is the next Stormworks CD. And that's going to be about 90 minutes of new concert music. And what we're going to do, this, this will be a unique trip. I haven't done this yet. We're actually going to do a live concert of all premieres of this 90 minutes of music. Wow. And then the week following the concerts, I'll conduct, by the way, and then the concerts that, uh, um, excuse me, the week that follows, we're going to actually record the 90 minutes of music, and that's going to become Stormwork Chapter 89, Worlds Within the World. That's the name of it. How many people in the uh, orchestra? I'm going to say about 60 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these are world-class uh, musicians you're going to be able to work with, which is quite... Oh, they're just... They're top of the... Right now, they're considered one one of the best bands in Europe, mm. and, and therefore the world. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's a busy year. <laughs> of course, your whole life is, is rather busy. I'm always amazed that you have time. I was honored to uh, work with you last year, and we did... Um, sacred rainbows and uh you know that was beautiful because you added your music and allowed me to use some of your music with some of my words and of course you worked before in love conquers all which i was so glad got some recognition and um also we worked doing the arrangements for in the hands of god and that was a tribute to my sister which i you beautifully did beautiful job arranging um your work is all streaming and people can find you on any streaming site um, I think they'll find it really inspiring. I never cease to get inspired when I hear the grade two and three, which is a, an amazing piece of work in itself. So I encourage people to um, check it out and do check out on Amazon all of the Ahab and um, the other works you have up there and the audiobook, which is well worth getting. It's not just an audiobook, as you said. It's really, um, I think it's like listening to a movie. It's so real and so powerful with the music and the story and the history. Um, You put your heart and soul into these pieces, and I really hope people can get them. Again, your website is stormworld.com? Stormworld, yes, stormworld.com. But, Cindy, you know, the honor's all mine, you know, when when you come to me. 
and ask me to work with you. It's, it's the other way around. I, I, you, you always inspire me. Well, I'm, I'm just, I owe you a lot because um, really that music is something I always turn to, and I know that's what people want from music, something to lift their spirits when they need. So I'm wishing you a very happy and a very, very blessed New Year, my friend, and congratulations on your Pulitzer Prize nomination. I really hope you do get it because you deserve it. <laughs> so God bless you. <laughs> Aloha. Aloha.